0: it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by The Afterlight Institute. The Afterlight Institute is a
1: community of teachers and students seeking to expand their spiritual gifts and their inner wisdom on the road to illuminating their forgotten selves. Offering online courses, in-person retreats, live events, online expositions, and more, The Afterlight Institute is a safe and inclusive space for all. To learn more, head to theafterlightinstitute.com.
0: Lauren Grace here, and I'm joined by Dr. Susan Corso again. She is a metaphysician, an intuitive, and an author of both fiction and nonfiction. She has had a spiritual consulting practice for over 40 years. Her latest nonfiction are the eight energy integrity workbooks. They teach applied practical knowledge of how your chakras reflect your past, how your chakras can be changed in the present, and how to use your own human energy system to create your future. Her fiction crosses genres and is about people who are conscious creators. She lives in the Hudson River Valley in Cupcake Manor with her beloved husband and her familiar smooch. And Susan is joining me for part two. And if our listener at home hasn't already listened to part one, I do want to encourage you to follow the link here and go back and listen to part one and then listen to part two. But if you're really determined on being in this conversation now, then that's fine. It's just the last conversation was so fascinating and really is a flow on into this one. But either way, we're not going to talk about the same thing in each episode. Susan, thank you for being back here again. I love talking to you and I'm super excited for today's show.
1: My sincere pleasure. It's a great joy to be with you, Lauren.
0: All right, let's get right into the conversation of chakras, because in our last conversation, we did find out about how you got into spirituality initially. And uh, I really want to focus today's conversation on all things chakras, because I'm particularly fascinated by them. I'm fascinated whether or not they need to be balanced. Do they need to be one specific size? You know, how many do we have? Why are they important? Um, And things of this nature. So Tell me a little bit about what initially drew you to the concept of the chakras. When did you even realize that they were important?
1: On my 25th birthday, a friend of mine gave me a psychic reading for my birthday. And I walked into this woman's apartment on Mott Street in New York, and uh, she knew my name. That was all she knew. And she said to me, oh, my God, you should be reading for me. <laughs> and and I knew that I was intuitive, but I, I had been like walking away from it for 25 years, you know, ah, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. Um, but anyway, one of the things she said to me in that reading was that I was a color healer in Egypt and she watched me roll my eyes like, oh God, okay, whatever. So a friend of mine came to get me for dinner that night and um We, after dinner, we, I was telling her about this reading and, and she said, let's go to the spiritual bookstore around the corner, East, West books, it was called. And so we went to East, West and I stood in front of books on color and healing and three books fell on the floor in front of me. And, and her name was Susan as well. So I said, Sue, she said, yes, I saw them. They fell on the floor. Just buy the books. Let's go home. (laughs) Okay, so I buy the books and I'm we're on the subway and I'm reading and I'm reading and I'm reading. I'm not talking, I'm not, I'm reading. And I get home and I've read about 50 pages of the first book and I turn to her and I put the book down. I said to her, I know this. That woman was right. I know this stuff. I know how color works. I use it all the time in my own clothes. I didn't even realize it. So between my own intuition and that, my friends started sending their friends to talk to me. So I knew chakras were really important almost from the beginning because it was a way to talk about how color is a helper if you let it be. I love and that we use we use it all the time. We just don't know that we use it all the time. But yeah. when you do it deliberately, it can make a huge difference.
0: It's funny because when you're saying that we use it all the time, we don't even know, you know, how many times do you look in your grocery basket and you go, Oh wow, all the vegetables I bought are green. Or I've got, I bought all these things and they're all red or yellow or, or something like that. It's so fascinating. Um, One story that happened to me when I was in my probably late teens, early twenties, which I won't get into too much depth here, but I will just say that I understood the power of color because I'd had way too much to drink and I was wearing a red sweatshirt and I'm an Aries. So I'm already a little bit feisty. And then wearing red and having way too much alcohol, I was not having a good time and I was quite sick. And I remember I changed into a blue light blue shirt and it changed everything. I calmed down and I just went from, you know, from super intense, um, out of control in a way, and then just calmed down and just being, you know, back to normal. And that was my first real understanding. Wait a minute there's something else going on here with color. Mm -hmm. Did you have something like that that happened to you or you just always knew intuitively because it was just part of your, I I, guess your-
1: I I always knew intuitively partly because I could see, see, see is the wrong word. I could sense people's auras and- It tormented me through most of my childhood because Mm. I couldn't figure out how to turn them off. And I didn't learn how to turn them off till I was 26. And one day I lost my temper at God on the corner of 52nd Street and Madison Avenue in New York. And I said out loud, That's enough. And they stopped, they just went away. And so I got home. I took a shower. It was really hot. And I sat down to meditate and I said, excuse me, like that was the off switch. What happened? And it was basically like talking to Glinda in those days, right? <laughs> Glinda, the good witch. She said, she said, oh, well, you could turn it off the entire time. Uh, uh I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So. By learning that I could turn it off, I realized, okay, seeing this is important. I no longer choose to see people's auras unless I have permission from that person to do so. Well, that made walking on the street a whole hell of a lot less nauseating, I promise you. Mm. Right. A New York City street, a New York City sidewalk, lots of people. Whoa. It was, it was awful. I used to walk home with my eyes on the sidewalk, hoping that I wouldn't see auras around people's feet.
0: Wow. Were they scary or were they just overwhelming by the amount of information you were pulling?
1: Information. Yeah. It was just information. I mean, I would know when someone had had a fight with their girlfriend or uh, was having an affair or had lost all their money in bankruptcy or, I mean, it was unbelievable. Things about total strangers on the, you know, on a street corner waiting for a walk sign. It was insane. Wow. Wow. And I think that was partly because for many, many years I went, ah, I don't want to know. Goodbye. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Well, after a while, you know, spirit finds a way of knocking on the door.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You will use this gift and you will use it for the good of all.
1: (laughs) That's right. Which I ended up doing, which was great. How are the chakras
0: connected to the
1: aura? I think the chakras generate the aura. I think your aura actually has color levels and it starts closest to your body in red and then orange and then yellow and then green and then blue and then indigo, violet and then rose and then white. A a human aura is really about eight feet Oops. on either side and front and back and top and bottom. It's so like eight feet all the way around. Well, a healthy aura. Now, I've seen auras really held tight in by someone who was really sick or really stressed, really needed their mm-hmm. own energy, or auras that were way bigger than that. Um, uh, someone like uh, Cher headlining in a concert, right? big energy putting out a lot of energy that but her normal aura is about eight feet all the way around right so i think auras are emanations from our chakra system and the chakras are three-dimensional light spheres which are actually the life force viewed through a prism which is why they're different colors they're much more accessible as different colors than they are as the life force. It's too strong.
0: Right, right. And also we can differentiate between them. If they were all the same color, it might be difficult to understand, you know, what we're feeling into, for example, if if you don't have that ability right. to to sense into that. How many chakras are there? I mean, we often talk about like the main seven, but- mm-hmm. There aren't just seven, and there are some that are really important, like the Earth star that we don't really talk about very much. No, we
1: don't. Um, I actually use eight chakras, not seven. I use the seven Hindu chakras up the spine, but in when I first started studying chakras, I came across a mysterious eighth chakra that was rose pink that was about six inches in front of the thymus gland. Your thymus gland is right in the center of your sternum. Mostly people know about the thymus gland because of HIV AIDS, because that's where the immune system is centered. Well, the thymus gland chakra is about six inches outside the body. And the purpose of it is impersonal love, God's love, Um, And the ability to be immune emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. Namely, when you can't figure out how to forgive someone or move on, you put your hurt in your eighth chakra. When you are owed an apology and you don't receive it and you want to move on and be finished, you put that hurt in the eighth chakra and it is impersonal love not personal love your heart chakra is personal love
0: it's interesting i've heard people talk about the sh- the heart chakra in terms of being pink and then i've also heard the pink being referred to the higher heart is that yes i've heard the, that is that the eighth chakra or the eighth chakra is mm-hmm. not connect it is
1: it, it, it's one way to look at it, the higher heart. Uh, I I say it's God's love. It's impersonal love. It's the love that that lets me recognize the humanity and the importance of all the people who disagree with me politically. I don't have the capability for unconditional love in my personal heart. There is nothing unconditional about my personal love. I wish there were but I'm not Hmm. that, that, um, advanced, Advanced. right. I mean, it would be nice. It would really be nice, except that I really think it's an unreasonable goal. You never, ever love somebody without having an opinion about them. And the opinion makes unconditional go right out the window, (laughs) right? Yeah. It's just what it is. So, okay. Um, personal love. Personal love is where your friends live. It's where your family lives. It's where your spouse lives. It's where the dog lives or the cat. It's where your kids live. But impersonal love is for the people that you don't agree with, for the people that hurt you, for the people that uh, that um, take the projection of all the evil in the world. Let's put Osama bin Laden on that list, for example, who mm-hmm. allegedly engineered 9-11, right? Well, I don't want Osama bin Laden in my personal heart, but somebody held Osama bin Laden in her personal heart because he had a mother. So I can't take away his humanity and keep my own. Wow. I want to keep mine, which means I have to find a place for the people that I'm not okay with. Okay. You know, Hitler, the the people who have done deliberate cruelty and evil to other people. But I don't, I don't want to hate Hitler. I don't want to add to the hate in the world. There's plenty. Thanks. Yeah. No, but I need to look at that and to see that impersonally, not personally. I mean, Hitler hurt some of my own ancestors, but carrying hate like that isn't good for me isn't good for the planet
0: in a minute we're going to explore the eight main chakras and we're going to include the one that you've talked about here the eighth chakra i guess i've heard a question from our listener at home which is saying that okay but they don't understand how you can put your love in that eighth chakra and i guess my question to you is that just happens naturally doesn't it where you go I understand Um, as the soul that I am, that these people are here to provide a a purpose or a service or, you know, we don't always know their soul journey. And so because of that, I need to separate from the personal personality, which is me and the judgmental and, and all that kind of stuff. And I need to be able to put it kind of over here. Is that sort of how it would work?
1: Um, you actually do it by intention. I tend to I tend to say to people, you know, gather up all your hurts like they're just so many dust bunnies from under the bed. You know, where you're where you're hurt and you're not letting it go, where you're not forgiving yourself, where you're not forgiving other people, where you're where you're stuck. Take those stuck pieces and bowl them all up like a hundred dust bunnies and stick them in your eighth chakra. Just yank them out of your body and put them in your eighth chakra on purpose. It's like a storage unit, right? For old unfinished business. Put your unfinished business in there and let God's love do the forgiving. I can't forgive everybody personally who's hurt me. I, I got a couple of people who hurt me rather badly in my life. And I, I could I could still get mad and hurt and upset about that. Mm, that that's between them and God. I don't need revenge. I don't need justice. I don't need any of that stuff. What I need is to be done with the hurt because I have work to do here. And letting that hurt lead me, yeah, doesn't help.
0: Right. And so if you are intentional about putting that hurt in this eighth chakra, what happens to it then is it separate from you or it gets reabsorbed into the light? Like one of the exercises I do on a regular basis is I remove any negative thoughts, any negative energy, blah, blah, blah. And I replace it with unconditional love and truth. All these sort of things have like a ritual I do. So is that kind of what you're doing? You're saying, I'm going to take this hurt, this dust bunny, which is a great visualization. I'm going to take it out of my automatically. I go solar plexus, take it on my solar plexus. I put it in that eighth chakra And then what happens to it? Do you need to visualize anything happening to it? Or
1: what I do actually is when I'm tempted to pick it up again, because I'm used to that hurt. I'm used to that pain in my solar plexus, right? Where I thought I was an idiot and I could have been powerful and I wasn't, and I didn't make that choice. And now I'm beating myself up about it. And that was seventh grade. And it has been a long time since I've been in seventh grade. Um, I say to myself, no, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you give that to God, young lady? Because if you gave that to God, then that's not my job anymore. There's nothing for me to do except let God's love do what God's love does, which is burn it away Mm. so I can remember what happened, but I don't have the feelings that go with it. Right? right, so forgive and forget. The, uh, you don't forget what happened, but the hurt attached to it just dissipates, like dust bunnies do. Mm. So do right? you, or like you a dandelion? You have the
0: re- reoccurring thought it's probably a habit to keep thinking that thought. That's one of the things, right? It's like an old condition pattern that we just need. Oh, there, there was that pattern again. So do you, Susan, like, let's say you have this old, remember what happened in grade seven? If that thought pops up, do you go, no, I've, I'm taking, I'm giving that to God or I'm, I've dealt with that. Or how do you, and then you're remind about myself. the pain dissipating. So it, it would, you might do it initially and then, the wound could still be there, but then over time, as you remind yourself, it's in, it's, it's released over. It will slowly go away. Is that kind of how well that works? And,
1: well, and think about think about how a, a, an actual wound happen would happen, right? And the healing of an actual wound. I remember um, uh, being flung off a merry-go-round in in grade school at recess and having a terribly infected knee that wouldn't heal, right? was pussy and awful and everything but when we finally got all the pus out and everything great it what happened it was it's it's scarred over right it itched like crazy while it was scarring because it was building new skin new tissue eventually the scar came off and what was left no a, i'm sorry this it scabbed over right and then it became a scar right mm-hmm. well scar tissue is the strongest tissue the human body makes mm-hmm. That's why when you break a bone, you very rarely break the bone again in the same place because where that bone is re-knit is stronger than the original bone, right? So what you're looking for is scar tissue around the incident, the story. So you just wait until the scab happens and the itch happens. And the itch is going to be to go back to the same old way. Right. Oh yeah. That person, da, da, da. seventh grade hurt my Santa Carol hurt my feelings, but you know, <laughs> and then you have to go, no, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. That, that that's not my agenda anymore. Yeah. Oh no. I forgot. I gave that to God. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like something you put in a drawer so that you don't forget where it is. And then you forget where it is. Right. And then you come upon it in the drawer and you go, Oh, huh. That's where that went. Right. Got it right well that's where that went comes back to you without the hurt you get the scar right oh okay got it and it's about being patient I
0: guess because you know especially in life one of the things that I realize is that and this is for myself too as an Aries is especially difficult for for me uh we we are not always patient it's like yeah, but I gave it to God and I want that seven um, year old, ex- that grade seven experience now to be gone. I'm, I've given it to God. I'm over it, but that's, <laughs> doesn't always happen well, that depends, way, right? So it's about actually, being patient sometimes.
1: How, it depends on how deep the neural pathway is, right? So something right. that happened that you randomly remembered it from the seventh grade, isn't something it's not one of your, your quote unquote stories. Oh yeah, I know about that. The mean girls who, right? So you, you're 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 bonding with mean girl stories with a bunch of girlfriends, right? Well, one random like that is one thing, but if it's a story you tell over and over and over again, you've dug a pretty deep trench in right. your neural pathways. That trench needs to be filled before. You can be like, oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah, I had that mean right. girl experience, but it was a yeah. long time ago. I haven't thought about that in years.
0: Yeah, that's right? so good. So that's
1: not patience, right? Yeah. It's
0: let's fill the trench in Yeah. so that we don't I fall back again. I gave that to God. It's all done. I gave that to God. I gave that to God. That's so good. I love that. Okay so in relation to the chakras, now we know what the eight chakras for and if you'd like to elaborate on that a little bit more when we get to it, uh, obviously feel free. So one of the things that I have asked you to do is if we could maybe go through the seven or the eight main chakras and I'm interested in exploring these because they all have a different sound and a color and a vibration. They sit in your body in a different way and they can all be used for different purposes. So uh, my question just before we get started is this do chakras only sit on the spine and face out or do they face out in the front or are they also front and back? How do they work? They're,
1: they're front, back, top, bottom, left, right. Right. Okay. They're three dimensional.
0: Right. Okay. So it's like, um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when we have a physical body for us to understand that there would be an energy center that could sit in the, front back top and bottom within us is like seems amazing but that's exactly how it works because we're just we're energy even though we're physical matter we're still energy so I'm not a scientist clearly I'm not talking like one
1: but (laughs) (laughs) no I'm no scientist either but energy is mostly space with electricity
0: right? Right. Bodies are
1: mostly water with electricity. So the chakras actually are three-dimensional spheres that sit in front of your spine, between your spine and through your organs, right? Yeah. And as though they are suspended on invisible wire from the center of the top of your head, down to your perineum, which is the spot between all the goodies at the bottom. Yeah. (laughs) And, (laughs) and what you need to know, and this is something I've never heard another chakra teacher say, is that what's the most important thing about them is that they talk to each other. Knowing that you have discrete chakras is lovely, except that if I sat down at a piano, Lauren, and played the note middle C to you and said to you, this is music, it would take you a little while, but eventually you would say to me, actually, it's not, it's just a note, right? Each chakra is a note. They start mm-hmm. at middle C for what it's worth and go all the way up the scale. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, right? That's why they're eight. Oh. And as far as... As far as I'm concerned, they, the important thing is that they're, they talk to each other because if they don't talk to each other, you have a broken system, right? Right. It's the, it's the music that they play together, right? Like a rainbow is music, really. It's all of the chakras together that make your energy, because it all comes from, and all of us have seen this, you light a match and there's a spark before the flame happens. That spark is what makes your chakra system, only it's your life force. Think about it this way. When you go to medical school, you study 11 systems, The circulatory system, the respiratory system, skeletal system. you learned all those in the eighth grade.
0: I did. What makes
1: a circulatory system? You did. (laughs) (laughs) What makes a circulatory system circulate? Yes. The heart is a pump, but something makes it want to pump. Mm -hmm. What makes your respiratory system respire? Something makes it want to breathe. What is that something? That something is the life force. The energy system is what powers the other 11. Oh, beautiful. The will to live, basically. That's right. That's right. It's the will to live. Wow. And- Oh, it makes me feel so do. many things. <laughs> we don't know about it for several reasons. One is there are no insurance codes for energy, right? <laughs> energy yeah. medicine it, it, it can't be seen chakras can't be seen they can't be measured right well they can but not by yeah. western medicine standards they can't be measured they can't be codified they can't be tested and they can't be monetized i was gonna say can they be monetized no no yeah. oopsie right chakras are the <laughs> only healing modality i know of that in reality have no cost now you can do chakra work sitting in your car at a red light you don't need a mat you don't need a teacher you don't need a book now that may sound disingenuous since i've written eight books about chakras but there's a reason but once for you that, know how which then is powered to that's that's right you right. need to know what's in your own yeah. chakra system And that's why I have eight workbooks. Interestingly, they're workbooks. I wrote the book part, but you do the work, right? You have to fill them in. You have to answer the questions. You have to draw the pictures. You have to figure out where your own chakra system is in order to be able to work with it. But when you once you know that, then you can work with your own chakra system because what it requires is that you slow down that you pay attention, and actually that you pay attention to your body. Because your body is partly one of the coolest things about you. And the reason it's one of the coolest things about you is that your body doesn't lie. And it doesn't lie and it doesn't ever lie because it can't lie. Mm -hmm. That's an amazing piece of information. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you're at work on Monday morning and you have a little bit of a sore throat, but your best bud says, oh, let's go out dancing tonight. And you think, oh, I really should go home and have tea and read my book and take a bath and go to bed early because my throat's a little bit sore. You go, oh, well the hell with it. Let's go dancing. Right. So off they go dancing and sure enough, no problem. Except, but by Thursday, you need to stay home from work because your throat really was sore and you didn't pay attention and you didn't listen and you didn't take care of yourself. So all, I believe that all disease, all malaise of any kind, emotional, intellectual, psychological, physical, spiritual, is based first in energy. Yeah, well, which is what you're saying is
0: behind everything else we're doing. It would make sense that there would be a problem at the root level,
1: that is then continues to exactly right. (laughs) That's exactly right. So we're not taught a that we have an energy system, b how to work with it, and c that it can help you heal. Heal, grow, change, create your future. The chakra system essentially is your mind. Think about this. Where's your subconscious mind? No one knows. And the reason no one knows, darling, is because it's subconscious. If it were not subconscious, you could be conscious of it right i mean this right. is not rocket science i'm no i'm no md but okay i yeah. think the chakras are the subconscious mind now yeah. let's they say that you have control over 10% of your brain your your brain the things that you are thinking about is 10% of your brain the other 90% is busy right That's the other 90% is subconscious right so yeah. let's just do the math and make it up as we go along let's say half of that 45% is um growing bone marrow, making red blood cells, and growing your eyelashes. Right? You can't, you don't have to do any of those things, which is a huge relief because that's exhausting if you had to do all that and have a conversation with me, right? Yeah. Plus manage Zoom. So yeah, it, impossible. So then the other 45% is. Your memory, your karma, your ideas, your thoughts, your feelings, your spirit, what you came here to learn, what your soul journey is, what your purpose is. And it remembers your mind, remembers everything from the beginning of time, your time until now, right? You're from your first incarnation as a spirit, your subconscious mind remembers everything. That's why some people remember past lives. Some people remember their own death. Some people remember their own birth. I mean, and sometimes you're not even remembering the birth from this life, but from three three lives ago, right? Yeah. That's all in your chakra system, which is why if you know what's going on in your chakras, you can get really good information about how to function optimally here which is why I'm on a mission for everybody on the planet to know about chakras like we know about brushing our teeth, right? I think chakras are about energy hygiene. We brush our teeth so that we don't get fuzz in our mouths. We don't want fuzz in our energy systems. And a lot of people have a lot of fuzz, a lot of static, a lot of unfinished business because we don't know how to finish our own business. And our bodies can tell us how to do that. At no cost. Amazing. What a concept.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, today, I mean, I was going to have you go through each chakra. And I know that, you know, when you've been studying this for as long as you have and are clearly an expert and super passionate, it would be very difficult to summarize everything you know into this conversation, which is why you have the workbooks. And also, you have a free gift for our listener at home at the end of this episode. So, I mean, would the best way to go about the next sort of you know period of time be to go through each chakra and you can maybe give a little bit of information around it as well as maybe maybe some tips to help with the fuzz?
1: Yes, I'm yeah, th- what I'd like to do is i'd I'd like to give you th- the the structure and then I'll take you through the whole system. Let's do it. So so the first chakra is called the root chakra. It's at your perineum. It's red. And it comes, and each chakra comes with what I call a grace. And that grace enables you to give a gift. So the root chakra's grace is life. And what you give, because you have the gift of life, is a sense of belonging. And you give that to everyone you meet, because it's something that you yourself want, right? I receive life. So I give belonging, right? We all want to feel like we belong here, right? Mm -hmm. Now, each chakra has a realm where it has greatest sway. The realm of the first chakra is health. Makes sense, right? The gift of life, the grace of life, health, right? Yeah. And the way you do that is by embodying. So- The for, right? For health is why you do it. And by, by embodying is how you do it. So I receive life. So I give belonging for health by embodying. That's the basic teaching for the root chakra. Wow. Now, the second chakra is orange, pumpkin orange. It sits right below your belly button. And it's called the um, sacral chakra because it's connected to the sacral nerve plexus, right? The grace is passion. I receive passion, right? Because I receive passion, I give exuberance. The gift I give others is exuberance about themselves, about their lives, about myself, about my life, right? I do that in the realm of wealth, So that the more excited I am about life, the easier money is, really. And how you do that is by investing in yourself and in other people. The third chakra is the solar chakra. The grace is power. I receive power. And I receive power, so I give commitment. That's how you know where you're using your power in your life. Where are your commitments? You do that in the realm of livelihood usually. And how you do that is by progressing. You take steps with the third chakra. You learn about what your value is, what your self-esteem is in the third chakra. That's at your solar plexus. Your fourth chakra is your personal heart. It's emerald green. And the gift of the fourth chakra is love. The grace is love. And what you give others is connection personal connection, right? That's spouses, children, pets, family, friends. Then you do that for the sake of intimacy, because intimacy is good for us. And you do that by engaging with other people. If you don't engage, you're not loving. It's that simple, right? The fifth chakra at your throat is turquoise and the grace is creativity. You receive creativity so that you give wonder. Ha! Huh, tell me about your project. That's fifth chakra, right? Oh. You do that for imagination because the more imagination you let happen in the world, the more you free other people's imaginations. And how you do that is by expressing. The sixth chakra, the brow chakra is the grace is intuition. And the gift you give because you have intuition is guidance. Listen, I have this situation in my life. Can you help me think this through? That's intuition. That's guidance, right? You do that for purpose. Everybody needs a purpose in life. And how you do that is by exploring. Huh, what about this? What about that? Maybe I'll be a painter. Maybe I'll be a ballerina. Maybe I'll be a fire chief. Right, you investigate things. The seventh chakra, the crown chakra, is violet. Oh, I, let me go back to this one. Is indigo. Indigo is that color that no one can ever remember what it is. It's purple blue. Right yeah,
0: here, exactly. Right? It's such the seventh a funny... chakra.
1: <laughs> the seventh chakra is violet, and the gift of the seventh chakra is abundance. The grace, the gift you give as a result of that is generosity. And abundance is way more than money, way more. It's who you are, how you are, the way you are with other people. The way you do that, why you do that is for growth. And the way you do it is by trusting yourself and others. Abundance without trusting is not possible. And the eighth chakra the thymus chakra, which is rose pink. The gift of it, the grace of it is compassion. The gift that enables you to give is kindness. Kindness even in the face of supposed evil, right? How? Why you do that is for vision. And how you do it is by serving yourself and others. So those are the eight that I use. But the important thing is not red, orange, yellow, green, it's red, orange. Orange-yellow, yellow-green. And they help each other. So one of the right. questions people ask all the time is, you know, should should chakras be balanced? Mm, if you're about to give a TED talk, no, your fifth chakra should be blaring. Right. Because you're expressing, right? And your third chakra should be blaring. Let me do this in my power. Let me show, right? You shouldn't be afraid. That's not the place where fear takes over. No, 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 no. Now you have to tell your best friend that you just lost her $500 in a get rich quick scheme right sure you're scared you feel really weird and uncomfortable and your second chakra is like oh my god she's not and your heart chakra's going ah, she's not going to love me anymore what am i going to do right and then you get up your courage and your fifth chakra blooms and you say you know what and your first chakra blooms because that's where courage comes from and you go okay i have something i have to say to you and i'm really scared about it and i and i i don't I want you to know, I would never have got you into this if, if I knew it was going to turn out this way, but the investment that I recommended to us just went belly up and I lost all my money and I lost all your money too. Right. You get up your courage. So your chakras adjust all the time. I just have a question. Still,
0: That is uh, number one. Wow. I freaking love all this. This is Hit, this has hit me right where i want it um which you know we'll just leave it cool. at that yeah cool thank you i i thought that um the solar plexus was for courage but are you saying that it's the base or the root chakras for courage or is it a combination of the two cuz solar plexus is also power cuz when you were talking i was like it, i know which i know which chakra you're going to need you're going to need the solar plexus chakra and then you said base and i went oh okay I was confused.
1: It's not confused. It's different kinds of power, right?
0: The, right. The, okay. You know,
1: your your three year old falls on the uh, out, off the slide in the playground, and you become the person who can heal everything. Right. You kiss it better. You get the band aid. You make sure everything's okay. Right. You do all those things. Those all come from different places. It's still healing. Right. You're right. soothing the child. You're, you know, you're doing all the right things. So some, you can get some courage from your, your solar plexus, but you, the courage that it takes to survive is first chakra. Right. Because it's a it lot about belong, excel, Belonging, right? That's right. The, the, right, the, the, right. the third chakra is, 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 is how do I excel? That's a different kind of power right? How do I actually speak up to my boss? That's a fifth chakra power. So all of them do all of those things, but for different reasons and in different places, right? When you're doing prosperity work, you want to work with your seventh chakra. That's where abundance and generosity live. I don't care if all you have to give is smiles, Go, go walk through the mall and smile at everybody and give everyone a smile. There's your generosity right there. Determine that on your walk through the mall, you will tell 10 women that they look beautiful. Oh, what a great dress. That looks great on you. And you just keep walking, right? So that's fifth chakra courage, interacting with strangers. It's taking a Um, risk and, you know, freaking people, freaking strangers out, right? But you make them feel great, right? Yeah. All different kinds. So it depends on what you need, which is why your chakra system answers everything. This is blowing my mind. Particularly on the level of medical intuition, which is how I got into working with them, because I started, I was the head of um, spiritual and energy medicine at a big medical center in Boston. I worked with 20 doctors, some of them who thought I was completely crazy right others who were like i can't wait to send my patients to you because their patients were getting better but they were only getting some better because western medicine stops before energy is a consideration i i, I had a woman come to me um who was an opera singer and she had lost the top third of her voice she had been to every noted ear, nose, and throat doctor up and down the East Coast from Florida to Maine. No one could fix it. So finally somebody sent her to me and she was like, well, whatever. Okay, (laughs) I'll go pay this crazy lady. So she goes and she's telling me this story and and she has a series of contracts booked to sing in German opera houses all summer long. And she's going to have to turn them down because she can't hit the notes. And I was listening to her. She tells this whole story and I'm thinking, hmm, this isn't about what she thinks it's about. I finally said to her, I'm going to say something that's going to spook the living daylights out of you. She said, okay. I said, how old were you when you had the abortion? She just looked at me. She said, what? So I asked her again and she said, 14, I never told another soul. I never told another, I didn't even confess it to a priest. I said, "Uh uh-huh, and were you raised Catholic? She said, oh yes, I was in Catholic school at the time. I said, "Uh uh-huh. So I said, I'm going to give you two words that I want you to say out loud to yourself as often as you can for the next week. And my guess is, if you keep doing it, pretty soon you'll be able to sing. And she said two words words you're going to give me two words what words could those possibly be and so i said te absolvo which is what a priest would have said to her oh because that's her foundation that's Right. right when she was 14 because they were doing all that in latin in those days right i absolve you what was she doing She was punishing herself. She could not earn her living by constricting her throat because she had done something that God would not approve of. Now, those, so I said to her, honey, those were conclusions that you drew when you were 14. How sophisticated was your theology then? Are you still a Catholic? And I'm not Catholic bashing. She said, oh, no, I walked away from the church years, years ago. And I said, I accept that the church was really operative when you were 14. So we have to talk about 14 year old conclusions, not 45 year old conclusions, because now how you think about it is completely different. I said, besides, what about this? And this is something I learned from the tragedy of my own child in my life, uh, I said to her, how do you know that that soul and God aren't grateful to you for giving that soul the opportunity to incarnate for the six weeks that the soul needed to be incarnate? And that, in fact, when you get there, God is going to thank you. And this woman looked at me and she said, oh, my God, you're this is, the I, I, I don't even know what to say to you. And I said, well, let's just start with Te and see where it goes. And, and call me when you can sing again. And 10 days later, my phone rang and she had all her notes back and she went to Germany and sang her contract.
0: Oh my God,
1: it is too good. Well, that's what chakras remember. That's how you heal things that won't heal. You find out, oh, What are the judgments? What are the conclusions? That was a 14-year-old girl holding a 45-year-old woman hostage. Now, she wouldn't have thought of it that way, but that's what I saw. Makes complete sense to me. Complete sense to me. Of course she was holding herself hostage. And I said, well you can continue to do that if you want, but then you really need to look for another profession. Right. Yeah. Cause you, you won't let yourself have the joy of singing because you're punishing and that's not unusual. How many people do that? I was going to say like so
0: many people, they just don't, Think they're worthy or are they good enough and and it might not even have to have come from a catalyst such as that do you think that it could just be conditioned responses to maybe someone being brewed on a schoolyard and that's manifested into this whole
1: right thing? I never was one of the cool kids that's a conclusion right think about it the the um romance novels in in another part of my life, I write romance novels and I write um, historical fiction and I write mystery novels. So I know about universal themes, right? Universal themes show up in people, right? Oh, I was never one of the cool kids. So now you have a chance at age 50 to be one of the cool kids and you don't know how to do it because of something that happened to you when you were 11, Wait, let's go get that 11-year-old and tell her, wait a minute, you can be one of the cool kids now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But we don't because that trench in your neural pathways is very deep by then. Oh, no, I never was one of the cool kids. Nobody ever thought of me as one of the cool kids. You know what? I was so not cool that I was cool. (laughs) Right? Um, (laughs) Well... well, I have a question for you because when you're saying
0: that, it's making me think about inner child work and how and what I love about spirituality and and is like so many people do, do so many different things, and it's so cool, you know, some people work with archetypes, other people inner child. I guess my question to you is like, when you're talking there about the eleven year old self, that made me think, go, oh, okay, well, maybe that person has to go and do a meditation where they talk to the inner child and they heal that wound. But, It sounds to me like you're almost circumnavigating that to go, well, you got to heal the chakra, which was damn, we could say damaged, just for lack of a better word, I guess, affected um, from that experience. Do you still have to go in
1: constrained? Constrained. Okay.
0: Do you still have to go and do the inner child work or, or how can you, no, you don't. Right. So how would you mm-hmm. understand which chakra is affected? It's because it's where it's showing up in your body is telling Symptomologically, you.
1: Symptomologically. Right. Symptomologically. Right. Right. So oh. so, so, the hardest um, diseases, quote unquote, to work with in terms of the chakra system are the systemic diseases. Because it's very hard to point like someone with MS. Or someone with um, alcoholism would be another one, right? Affects the whole body.
0: Right. So then you would go, I think it's all of them.
1: (laughs) Or you might go, "Uh uh-huh. Tell me about your dad. Tell me about your mom. Where do you have that pain in your leg? Is it on the inside of your leg? Is it on the outside of your leg? Is it the front of your leg? Is it the back of your leg? Because any place where there's any sensation is information, right? So this woman couldn't sing. She couldn't go forward because of something that was in her past. Well, one of the things she told me was that a lot of the neck doctors, ear, nose, and throat doctors, right? The throat doctors found trouble in her in her neck vertebra. Well, of course they had trouble in her neck vertebra because um, neck trouble is often throat trouble.
0: Right? Throat
1: trouble is often neck trouble, right? I mean, that's the front and the back, right? Oh, well, if she's having neck trouble, I knew immediately that there was something that had to do with her past that wasn't letting her go forward. Wow. Right. Oh, if it's on the left side of your body, it usually has something to do with a relationship that you have with some sort of the feminine, your own femininity or that of other people, right? How's your relationship with your mom? Oh my God. And then comes the deluge, right? Yeah. Uh, or on the right-hand side, how's the relationship with your dad? Well, you wouldn't but And then you hear the story and you go, okay, let's start there and unravel it. Because if it's your dad where it sources, then you have collected a series of betrayals that played out that betrayal over and over and over again, that made that neural pathway in your brain really deep. And now it's manifested as, let's say, sciatica that will not go away right? Pain down the side of your leg and the past and the back, right? Over your hip down pain, right? Oh, what's that? Well, okay. So what do we do? How do we go forward and resolve the pain? The most dramatic um, healing I've ever seen anyone accomplish in my life was a woman who came to me once who had MS. And she was an energy healer. She understood about energy. And she said, I don't want, I'm, I'm done with this MS. I don't want to have it anymore. She'd had it for about 20 years. And she was using a walker and, and banging into things and uncoordinated. And it was, it was really uncomfortable at that point. And she, she was, she just, she said, I'm done. I said, really, are you actually going to do the spiritual work that it's going to take to be done and within, she did the work. And within six weeks, she was playing doubles tennis. I saw her with my very own eyes. She got she to the island of enough. MS. That's right. She got to the place where she was done. And what she basically said to her energetic system was I'm no longer available for this. I'm no longer available for MS. I'm moving on so the MS can go because I don't need to show up for it anymore and literally in six weeks she healed her own MS and never got it back her her neurologist said it was impossible impossible and then she invited him to play tennis wow
0: that's
1: (laughs) which was so cool that is the
0: (laughs) amazing
1: totally amazing. Well, the, and the, and the chakras will yield that kind of information to you about you. One thing I do want to make sure that I say though, Lauren, is that a lot of times when people start to learn about chakras, they're so excited about it and they say, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I can, I, can I help other people once I know this? And the answer is no. Well, yes, but no. They have to find <laughs> Not their Not immediately, way. you can't. Well, not only do they have to find their own way, but they have to know their own chakra system Mm. because when you start to read other people's energy, if you're not aware of your own, you're going to project your own onto them, right? right? Which physical symptoms, you don't do that, right? So if I had a broken leg, I would not look at your energy system and tell you that you had a broken leg unless you did, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't take my broken leg and project it onto you. Yeah. But energetically, I know that I have some weakness in my third chakra. There's a reason for it. I know what it is. I work with it all the time. And so I need to be responsible about my own energetic challenges so that I don't read them into your energy system. And then have you working on something that you don't need, right? Yeah. So you need to know your own energy because you can't yeah. help we talked about this uh in our last time together we can't you can't help but interact energetically yeah right yeah energetic interaction happens yeah what do you do with it so yes you can learn how to do chakra work and yes i teach people how to do it but you Despite the fact that that comes from a heartfelt, oh my God, I would love that. Better you and your best friend should learn it together and help each other as you go learn about your own and yeah. then you can yeah. work on other people. And one thing I will say so I, is I, I that, say that,
0: oh, sorry, go ahead, girl.
1: No, well, it's just, a, it's a cautionary thing because yeah. otherwise you can actually hurt people if you mess around with their energy.
0: Yeah. So you need to be qualified. And one thing that I I do want to say is that as a medium, I understand now about a lot about like when you're clairsentient and when you're empathic, you can feel other people's stuff if you choose to turn that on and you have permission, obviously. But I understand what you're what you're saying, because I I take inventory of my own body and I go, oh, that's a bit like that today. And that's a bit like that. And then when I'm reading someone, I notice the things that are coming in that don't belong to me, but it's taking a lot of work and it takes continuous training for myself to be able to grow that ability and to be able to understand, take it till it takes stock on myself. Before I'm able to be of service and discern, you know, cause of death or what other people may be going through. So I just wanted to say that in, in a different way, I guess that kind of echoes exactly what you were talking about, which is that we need to practice and improve our, like understand that part of ourselves, which I just love that you, that you brought that up. It's important.
1: I think that's true. I honestly, I honestly think one of the best pieces of ad, of advices I ever give anyone is MYOB, mind your own business. And I don't mean, don't pay attention to me. I mean, take care of you first. There's a reason that they make you put your own mask on, on an, in an airplane before you put someone else's on. Because yeah. if you're not breathing, doesn't really matter if the other person is, right? mind your own business. You take care of your own stuff so that you're a clear and clean, and I I don't mean that like you're dirty otherwise, but so no, you're but an honest channel. yeah, an
0: honest channel. That's a self-aware channel, a self-aware channel. right. Yeah. um, all right. Well, we are at the end of our time together. I mean, clearly, you and I are lifelong friends and um we're, <laughs> it's lovely we're going to have you back on the show at some point in the new year i'm sure we'll pick a, a theme and we'll just hang out and jam on it if you're open to it i wanted to Absolutely. know you know how people can get started i know you've got your eight books i know you've given a beautiful summary here and understanding the chakra system so you know you've given everybody a little bit of an introduction into what they can start to look at for example if you're wanting to improve financially be generous it works well like that. Uh, how else can Absolutely. people get started? They get the workbooks. I understand you also have a free gift for our listener at home. And also, Susan, just if you can remember five questions at once, which you're never supposed to ask someone, if there's anything I didn't ask you that you also wanted to talk about
1: today and, and in this episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, feel okay. free.
1: <laughs> okay. So, so the first thing is the free gift. <clears throat> And the reason there is a free gift is I created something called the chakra less mores. And they're called that because there are two behaviors for each chakra, one to stop doing and one to start doing, right? And the reason I created it is because when people hear about chakras, they go, oh, I want to start this right now. So here's how you start right now. Go to chakras.susancorso.com and you may download one of two or both digital downloads, a list of the less mores. One thing you do less, one thing you do more. They're free. And I mean free. You don't have to, there's no um, email bait and switch, right? You can, you can add yourself to my mailing list if you want to, but you don't have to do that in order to get the digital downloads. That makes me so cross. So let's not do that. Um, But you're welcome to the digital downloads. And let me just give you an example. The first chakra less is complain less. And the second chakra, the first chakra more is thank more. So, and the evidence of the lesses and the mores can be all around you, or it can be within you. So you can be hearing complaining from your entire team, or you can be complaining in your head the entire time, right? Doesn't matter, internal or external, same thing. Stop and choose to thank people more right? That'll stop your complaining. So it's a behavior that replaces the thing that's not working, right? So there's one for each of the eight chakras and you're more than welcome to them. There are two of them because I'm a Libra and I couldn't make up my mind. <laughs> they were too pretty. So I just put them both up and <laughs> the hell with it. Why not? Right. Why not? Um, so you could you can get in touch with me uh through my through the contact pages on either susancorso.com, which is where all my fiction is, or i ampersand, which is I-A-M-P-E-R-S-A-N-D.org. That's where all my spiritual work and my chakra work is. Um it's called that because I want to live in an ampersand world, and an ampersand world is a world that is inclusive and works for everybody. And I would just as assume have all of us live in an ampersand world in an ampersand way. Um, is there anything that I've left out? Sure, there's a hundred million things about chakras that I've left <laughs> out. And yeah. um, Lauren and I would be on the phone until 2025, on the on yeah. Zoom until 2025 if, yeah. if I actually told you everything. Um, I am starting a brand new cohort of students in January. So of 2023. So if you are interested, and I'll probably start every year, a new cohort, and I only take six students at a time. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, In fact, I'm completing the textbook right now, which is a whole lot of fun, um, which will be available on my Patreon page, which I'm sure Lauren will put in the show notes uh, for a donation. And just to say what an honor and a thrill it has been to spend this time with you. It, it, we clearly are soul sisters. <laughs> we are. We are. It's true. It's true. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being
0: on the show. Um, I know I learned a lot and I feel like you really ignited um, some new perspectives and things for me to think about and explore. And I know that our listener at home feels the same way. And I, I will put a link to everything in the show notes, including your workbooks too, which you can buy on Amazon. So thank you so much for being here on the show, Susan. And I look forward to our next conversation. Absolutely. Thank you, Lauren.
1: Be very, very
0: well. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you.
1: New episodes
0: every Thursday.